Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock. Bringing your inner light to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Everyday Connection. We're so glad that you could join us. I have here with me, Jean Victoria Narlock. How are you, Jean? I am, as always, excellent. Yay. Yay. And tonight we have with us our very special guest, Veronica Torres. Hello, Veronica. Hello. How are you both tonight? Just wonderful. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing really well. Thank you. Awesome. We love well. (laughs) Well is one of our favorite words. Everything's well. Yes. All is well and getting weller. I I, I like to use weller. Is that what you said? (laughs) Yes, I like to use weller. Um, Not the WL kind, just weller. But yeah, it's been a fun day with it's actually been a fun week with technology. It seems to have been the theme of my whole week and and I thought I had given most of that up, but uh we've been having fun with it. Uh melted wires and or missing wires or uh, seems that whenever any of us that do these shows move somewhere else, we we test the capacity of their internet and they find little problems that they <laughs> Oh, this has probably been like this for years. This is going to be great. <laughs> All right, glad we could fix that up for you. So true. Every time I move, something else shuts down. So very true. So, for those of you who are listening that don't know who Veronica is, um, Veronica, would you help us out by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. My name is Veronica Torres. I live in Sonoma, California. I am a channel and have been for about the last nine years. I channel Elohim in the Council, which is seven different groups, and we have meetings every Wednesday night at 7.30 Pacific and one Sunday a month at 1 Pacific. And uh, the Council is really about helping us move out of the fear-based operating system into the consciousness-based operating system. They're really famous for all of their tools that they provide to help people have actual practical ways to change habits, to get out of fear, and to make the different different choices that they want to make in order to have a life that more suits who they want to be rather than just maybe who they were raised to be or who they've just been out of pattern. That's fantastic. That's uh That is like the most awesome brief description I've ever heard. Thank you very much. <laughs> I would, wow. I would venture to say you've had to do that once or twice. <clears throat> so you know what's funny is I 
I also used to be the director of a holistic practitioners group, and I used to teach people how to do what they call, you know, your elevator pitch. So right. I, I have, um, I have practice. <laughs> I have practice, and I have uh, lots of different situations I've been in where that's been an important thing to be able to do, and do well. So the lady knows what she's talking about. Well, this is good because we always like guests who know what they're talking about. And well, and we love the description too because all these tools of how to actually change something in your life, a habit, or get out of fear, or because that is sort of what we're about here with Everyday Connection is uh, we've got all this fantastic information that's available to us and, and really no end to the information that's available to us. But um, when you come out of that channeling session and you feel like everything's wonderful and then you get cut off halfway home going down the highway and you get angry, what do you do? Exactly. <laughs> and um, um, it seems like it has maybe, I mean... I know that uh, you know Abraham for gave lots of examples of things that happened to Jerry and Esther, but uh, I like the idea of tools because they're they're more like apply this where you think you could in your life and, and uh, well they're they're tangible and they're um, something that you can manipulate as well, right? I mean if you have if you have a assortment of tools, then you can choose the one which best suits. Yeah, or experience, yeah. right? Or the yeah. the only one that you can think of when you're that angry, or mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny or, you bring that up because one of the things just our last two meetings have been about the idea of uh, our homework in quotes was to bring our three favorite tools, a list of our three favorite tools, and then we put all those lists in a hat and everybody drew, drew out a new one, and then got up on the microphone and talked about how those new tools are tools that they either don't know about or if they do know about and forgot about or, you know, how they like to use those tools. So Elohim and the Council have been working with us just in the last 14 days with the idea of let's keep them in mind and let's see which ones you guys really like, which ones you're really using, because we have like, I don't know, 150 of them. So it, you, know, you can't use every single one every single day. And, and it's you know, some come up to the front for people, and some you can use in any circumstance, and some are a little more um, specific to circumstances. And they all are basically doing the same thing, but just like when you go into the bookstore and there's 3,000 different spiritual books, you know, people need to hear things lots of different ways, and everybody has a different way of learning. So we have lots and lots of different ways of saying, hey, you know what? You don't have to be habitual. <laughs> you, know, you know what? You could think about this now instead of 15 years ago when you were a child. Yeah, That's such a, a perfect way of explaining it because, um, you know, again, much of what we hear about unity is this um, misconception that – uh, this idea of of oneness means that everybody has to be the same, and it's so to me the opposite of that. It's it's yes, we're all connected, of course, we're all connected. That's not even a question. But we're all connected in individual, you know, manifestations of that amazing thing we call spirit. And the reason for that is for the you know the experience of that individuality, uh, and and to offer people tools. Um, with respect for their individual needs, their individual fears, their individual concerns, um, what works for best for them, and to not expect them to all fall into a certain category 
is is to me really really important. Yeah, and you know the tools come out of people asking questions of saying, you know, I've got this thing going on in my life, and Elohim says, oh, you know what, that sounds like cascading fears, or that sounds like, you know, who answers the door? That's you know they they'll come up with a tool on the spot to answer what someone brings to them, what is bringing to the the circle or to the question. So it, they really are designed in the moment to address the energetic that's being presented. And you know on that subject of we're all one, this is the way I visualize it, is that it's like we're all part of the same diamond and we each look out a different facet. So our backs are all to each other. We've always got each other's backs, but our view is unique on the whole thing that's going on. And it's all of our viewpoints accumulated that makes the oneness. So we are all unique, and yet we're all doing the same thing, and we're all bringing something to it that no one else could bring to it. Absolutely, and, and if you if you shine a light on just one corner of a diamond, you know you're not going to get a, a very big, very big shine back at you. But shine a light on a whole diamond in all its different facets, with all its different cuts, um, and and this incredible sparkle of light just you know can fascinate you for on a on a good diamond for for. Hours, <laughs> yeah. you know what I well, mean. And like it just it just sparkles and shines, and 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 that to me is the beauty of bringing together all those um, individual perspectives because somebody else is going to see something in a totally unique and individual way that I would see it, and if I'm open to to you know allow myself to see perhaps for even a few minutes through their eyes, then I I might learn a great deal of valuable information about our world that I might not have noticed had I not stopped long enough to say, hey, can you show me how, how you see things? Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I love the I love the diamond analogy because it's so fitting. It's the house with many, many windows. Yeah. And I find the one ingredient that I see missing from people that write and talk about unity most often and it's because they already feel this way, so they kind of forget. You you can only really be in favor of unity if you feel 100% loved and supported as an individual. And and that your individuality is loved and supported 100%. And so, again, that's I love the tools because um, I like... I was one of these that always liked all the the little abbreviations, you know. Mm. Uh, This is EC, Everyday Connection. In the morning, I do Channels Channel, that's CC. (laughs) Uh, Coffee with Source with CWS. Um, And, for example, the other day, I was kind of mulling some things in my mind that I probably should have not been on the thought train of, because I wasn't going to like the destination because I was feeling bad when I was thinking about it, you know. So I had all those big red flags. But I was walking through the parking lot into a large commercial store, and and here on my left was a pickup truck. And in bright, reflective gold letters, it was like window tent, but it was in letters across the back window, great big in script, it is what it is. And I was just like, "You saw it on somebody's car." On some on the back window, and I took a picture of it with my cell phone. I'm going to send it to you because I was like, "Nobody's going to buy this," so I'm going to, awesome. to put it up on Facebook. That is awesome. And I was just like, "Oh, thank you." 
<laughs> and had a fun time doodling through the store and 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 did hopped right off that thought train. Uh, yeah. Because it's not as hard to get off of something habitual like that as it might seem. It's just that once you're on it, you sort of look straight ahead and you only see the cars in front of you or behind you on the same train. If something can just catch your attention and for just a second get you off of it, then you're just kind of like, what was I doing? Just (laughs) notice it. And They even said, just notice it. You don't even have to do anything about your habits or your patterns. All you have to do is notice them. If you just notice them, they start to change. So it's sometimes people will be like, I don't think I can change it. And they're like, you don't have to change it. Just notice it and it starts to change, which is what happened to you. You didn't see that on the car and then say, all right, now, what are the steps to change now that I've realized I was on a thought train I don't want to be on? You just went, oh, and then boom, you were in a different, you were in a completely different place. It's because our vibrations are so high that we, we want to default to a different position. We want to default to a different position. So it's when we're in a di- we're in the lower vibrational state through habit. As soon as we snap out of it, we default back to high vibration. You know, it's like my cello. I played the cello, and my teacher was telling me, when you're tuning your cello, you have to make sure you're bowing very steady, because when you let your bow off, if even if your tu- ch- cello is slightly out of tune, when you let your bow off. The, t- the, t- the sound that's coming out will go back into tune. So I can bow and out of tune, let my bow off the string, and the, the cello will resonate out an in-tune sound. Because the cello is used to being played in tune, it wants to play in tune. Even if I start it off out of tune, it will go into tune. The sound will go into tune. And that's how we are. We want to be high vibrational. We want to be conscious. We want to live in a way where we know why we do what we do and we make choices about our path. But when we get, you know, in those little out-of-tune places, all we got to do is recognize, hey, I'm out of tune, and boom, you can snap right back into your high vibrational perspective. Yeah, that's one of my favorites uh, from Elohim uh, about the fact that you don't have to do anything about it. You, you you don't have to fix it <laughs> or analyze it or dig it up and and find the root cause. That. You know, well, and it may it, it, to explain that a little bit more because some people might be like, well, "What do you mean you don't have to do anything?" And what I well, mean by that is you don't have to be a doer about it. The first step is recognizing you're in habit, and that starts to shift, and then you can follow those shifts and have yourself be in those shifts. It's not like you just go, oh, that happened, and then you're a completely different person without, you know, twinkling your nose. Uh, it, yeah, it, yeah. Just to it's it. true, and and it wasn't it wasn't that easy for me the few, first few times that I noticed that I was out of vibration of mm-hmm. that I wanted to be. The first few times that I was trying to work on that, I noticed that I was out of vibration, and then I just beat myself up over the fact that I was in a bad vibration. So you know, stayed right there. <laughs> but. Yeah. Um, um, it's it's kind of what I think Nestor talks about when he's like, okay, enough processing, <laughs> enough processing. Um, yes, George's and, and it rant. Is, it, well, man, but it is the it is too the the audience that you're speaking to, you know, uh, somebody that just has question like, so there's more to me than this body, yeah? Is that what you're saying? The answers are 
totally different. They're very soft, very general, you know, but we're kind of starting to talk to, there's a lot of audiences out there that are sort of ready to get a little more specific and um, and also ready to let go of some of the difficulty of trying to change something. Uh, uh, yeah. Esther says, follow your passion. Don't just sit there and meditate. Meditation's good. Nestor likes that, but get up and follow the follow your passion, follow your excitement, follow if all you can feel right now is some vague interest, go. <laughs> you know? Actually, I, and it's actually, in the going that the things come up and that you can then look at them and that's the times I find that they change more quickly is when you're doing. Uh and if you're sitting contemplating, harder to get off a thought train if all you're doing is thinking. To me. It actually um, brings up a, a, a question um, that I want to ask Veronica because, I mean, Rick, you and I have been going through this for, I don't know, last month and a half on Skype. But And I, I've, I've spoken to a few other people who do kind of the same thing we do. And, um, you know, something that I'd like to talk about is the progression in um, the messages and the experiences that you have. Uh Especially because Veronica, you've been doing this for a while, yes? Yeah, I've been channeling weekly group uh, channeling for it'll be nine years in September. Okay, so um, is it, I'm I'm guessing that you've seen an insane amount of change and progression in the information that you're getting as the okay. situation changes. Yeah, it it we used to call oh it it used to be the boyfriends and dead relatives questions. You know, where people, all they wanted to know about was, is have I met the love of my life the other day in the grocery store, and and is my dead aunt Jeannie okay? So it was like right. boyfriends and dead relatives meetings, and and that used to be what people wanted to talk about, you know, and, and it's progressed through where now people want to talk about how to live as homo spiritus, how far, you know, how is my ascension process going? How can I get out of the habits that I have? You know, I I think I re, I'm getting bleed through from past lives and future lives, and I need to deal with how to work with that information that's coming through. I'm connecting to my soul's perspective. I want to know how to work with the insane amount of information that comes through when I start to tap into my soul's energy. You know, those are the things we talk about. That's a pretty monumental shift. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and now I used to only channel Elohim, and now I channel the entire council. So even that brought in along its own huge shift because you know I said to Elohim, why do we need to have more? I just want to channel you. And basically, they said, look, you guys have gone from high school to college, and when you go from high school to college, you need new professors. So let's get more professors in here with different information and different viewpoints and different perspectives, so that you guys can have the information that you're calling out of us. And then that allowed Elohim and I to have a different kind of a relationship too because now Elohim and I got to have a more intimate relationship where it wasn't just Elohim the teacher, it was Elohim and I having an experience together and then having these six other teachers as well. So it really shifted an enormous, it did an enormous amount of shifting in the material, the information, the presentation. And, you know, that started at sort of the end or the middle of 2009. Um, we started bringing in different council members. And it took, I think, about nine months to add, maybe a little longer, in fact, to add um, the 
six additional groups. So now yeah. in a meeting, we I channel six different groups, and I don't mean just they come through and they all sound the same. They're, they have completely different personalities. They have completely different ways of presenting the material, and it's like going to see seven different channels in one meeting, and I do all the channeling. So that alone, <laughs> I, I that would, alone was enough to shift things, you know? I would love to get the opportunity to see that in person someday because I have this really um, cool thing that happens when I get to watch somebody channel um, is that I get to see the actual visual superimposed energies and um, – I've had some really funky experiences with like three faces or four faces on top of the person's face that's talking. Um, so it's been really, it's been really, I, you would be fun would to watch. If, would that work if I sent you the link to watch our webcast? It doesn't work on I, the webcast, sweetie, because I've, okay. I've watched your webcast. I, I think I have to actually be in the room in person because I've watched tons of channels um, channeling either through TV or, or through webcasts. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's been the channels that I've worked with in person yeah. that that this. Oh, is. you're welcome to come anytime you're in the area. I'd love to have you at our event. In fact, anybody who's in uh, in our area, I'm in Sonoma, which is in the San Francisco Bay Area. So if anyone who wants to come, the meetings are open to the public. We also broadcast them on the internet, so you can participate as you like. It's uh, you know one of the reasons I started the webcast thing, which was. You know, learning how to webcast was a year of intense stress. I'll tell you, it was hard. <laughs> and it was a crazy time. But I kept getting emails from people saying, I love your work. I love the information. God, I wish I lived closer. I don't have anyone to talk to about my spiritual journey. And I got, you know, enough of those emails that I finally went, okay, what can I do to create a community for these people? And that keep emailing me. And so we did started doing the webcast. And the people on the webcast know each other now. You know, and they'll talk, they'll be in the chat before the webcast. You know, how's it going with you? How's the weather down there in Mexico? What are you doing up in Canada? And I mean, it's really gratifying to me to see that the community is being created in that fashion. And, you- and and watching you evolve with the weekly meetings to where you now have the once a month uh, Q and A that you do. Yeah, uh, that was the where other. <laughs> basically isn't that the web, the 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 chat room people sort of t- take over from the folks yeah. that are right there in the room? Yeah, that's what happens every week on Wednesdays. If people tune in online, pretty much they're just watching. Sometimes they get to interact, but not usually. Once a month, usually the third Sunday of the month at 1 p.m. Pacific, unless there's a holiday, we do it on the third Sunday. That's when the Internet people take over, and that's what Elohim calls them, the Internet people. Um, the Internet people take over, and they submit questions, and we only take questions from the Internet people unless for something, you know, there's a few people that usually attend have something that applies. But tip, it's 99% the Internet people get to take over and get to interact with Elohim, and and that was my desire to give people that can't come physically access to being able to ask a question. I mean, I do private sessions as well, but if you just have one little question or if you would rather, you know, spend the Q&A is only $10, so if that fits into your budget better, it's a little bit, uh, you know, and, and for the community, and that's when the community really comes out because a lot of the people on the Q&A are on the Q&A every month, so they remember what you asked last week and or last month and how did that go, and they want to know, is it you know, how it sorted itself out. It's a real community. Just wonderful. 
And I think does a great job. I mean, at this point, it's still growing. So at this point, everybody who has a question gets one answered. And I wonder sometimes if people think, oh, well, there's no chance of me getting my question answered. Elohim will go fast if he has to, so everybody gets a question answered. And if there are fewer people, he goes slower. But it, you really do get a chance to have one-on-one time with Elohim, and uh, <laughs> and it's amazing. It's amazing to me as a channel. It's one of the most amazing things we do as I do as a channel because all we've got is Mary helps me, and she reads the questions out of email, and Elohim tunes into where the person is, wherever they are in the world, and knows what's going on with them, tells their you know tells their story, answers their question. And it'll be funny because the chat room afterwards, you'll look at it and say, that's exactly right. Oh, my God, how'd you know? Wow, that's perfect. That helped me so much. You answered my question. And it's like, isn't that cool? Because <laughs> it's a really strange feeling to just be sitting in a room without the person actually there um, and only having their question by email and Elohim can still find their energy in the big world and, and tune into them. I just, I, and, I, and often be very specific. To their oh, situation, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. and uh, I, I remember recently on the channel's channel, uh, Nina had a question, and by the time we were done, she was just, uh, I, you've changed my whole life, because yeah. it was the biggest deal in her life right at that moment, and uh, uh, that is a, a an incredible thing, and it's an incredible thing, too. Um, I want everybody that's in earshot or podcast shot to Stop and take notice of the moments when you do that for yourself, because you do. Mm-hmm. Even when you don't see, you know, it is what it is on the back of a... <laughs> in gigantic, golden, shining in, with the sun glare letters, um, things will happen and you'll go, oh, um, you know, the other night I realized I was going to have to get up and go to the store almost immediately because I was out of something, and and I was like, oh, i got to get up. And right there, it was like there was this swap, swip. Oh, I get to get up, and I can, yeah. since I'm up and out, I, I, I'll i get a Starbucks while I'm out. Yeah. Oh, and, and I turned, it just like flip, went from, to, oh, cool. And it was, I was excited about something to do the next day instead of dreading it. And I think you can almost generate the habit of spotting those times and flipping them, um, takes a while, you know, doesn't happen overnight. That's why we've got bunches of tools. And uh, We have a perfect tool for exactly that, which is called This Is Happening For Me, which is the idea of when you say, this is happening to me, you can say, this is happening for me. Like that. Right. Change one word. This is happening for me. It's for my growth, for my transformation, for me to have an experience of being human. This is happening for me. And it's funny how when something's happening and, like, your computer's not working and you're going, ah, and you say, this is happening for me, <laughs> you kind of are talking yourself into it in a way, but on another level, what's, what, what good is it to feel like a victim? Nothing. So you may as well, you know, start the process of changing your attitude about it because that's really what choice of consciousness is, is changing your attitude about it and then going from that, like we talked about earlier, and seeing where that clarity takes you. So I'm I'm curious, um, Bronco. So you, you say you've been doing this for nine years, um, and I know that you don't function 24 hours a day as a channel. I mean, that's um, I, I believe during the channels channel interview, you said that it, it tires you out. Yeah. To do it. So how? I mean, obviously you're getting this information, and a lot of it a lot of it 
is useful to you as well. Um, so how has being able to do this affected you in your own, not in your work as a channel, but your own your own personal life, your own personal growth? And where yeah. has it taken you? Um, you know, it's such a good question because, I sort of like to be a good testimonial for the past, you know. <laughs> it's like it's nice when you feel like the work works on the people who are most intimately involved in it, and I really feel like it does. I used to be an extraordinarily feel, fearful being my whole life. I was extraordinarily fearful of just about anything, authority figures, disasters, um, do people like me, you know, you name it, pretty much I had a lot of fear about it. And... Some of that was just being young, but a lot of it was just kind of being programmed to to think that the world wasn't a safe place. You know, my family did not exactly create a safe environment and had a lot of fear themselves. And so that was kind of how I was taught. And I didn't know there was an option to living like you feel like the other shoe is going to drop or, you know, what's over the next corner and that whole kind of attitude and, and feeling like you're just we're never going to be able to relax. And as I have worked with the council's material over the years, I've realized that, you know, of course, the first big step is I'm a creator, not a victim, of course, and and realize you create your reality rather than be victimized by whatever's going on. And also the idea of it's okay to be me, and I don't have to be finished or done, and that doesn't make me broken. If I find something about myself or within myself that I want to change, I don't have to get down on myself or feel broken or wrong or or bad in order to say I'm ready for that to change and I'm going to take it on me as my responsibility as a creator to put that at the top of my list of something I want to change. So I think that was kind of one of the main things is that sense of, yeah, it's okay to be me and it's okay to want to be different than this too. And both of those things are equally okay. Sort of the... Make peace with where you are, you know, be okay with where you are, but eager for more type attitude. Yeah, I like, you know, there's that saying, be patient with me, God isn't finished with me yet. And I just say, be patient with me, I'm not finished with me yet. (laughs) 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 You know, give me another day or two and it'll change. (laughs) Work in progress, work in progress. progress. And I love being work in progress because, boy, I don't, I don't like, I don't want to be who I was when I was younger. Some people are like, oh, I wish I could be 20 again. Hell no, don't take me back there. I wouldn't change being who I am right now for any other point in time. And, you know, we have this great tool. It's one of the best. And it just says compare you to you. And the idea is just compare you to you and compare you to you. Both of those things are true, meaning you only need to compare you to you. And you have to compare you to you because as lightworkers, as people who are working on our spiritual path, there's always going to be something more challenging down the road. And you're always going to feel like a part of you is in a position of challenge. So if you don't say, wow, you know, this thing that's challenging me now, I never could have contemplated a year ago. And look at that. Something just happened and it didn't even trigger me where I remember 50 times that drove me crazy for three days in my life. So you're always responsible for going, okay, that's right. Wow, look at that. I am changing, and I still want to work hard. And it's like my, my cello my cello gives me every opportunity to apply my spiritual tools. It's a perfect example. Every time I go to my lesson, she gives me something harder to work on. <laughs> but every right. time I go to my lesson, 
something's easier too. And if I don't acknowledge, wow, that was easier, and instead stay in, oh, my God, this is so hard, then I'm just making my day awful. But no one can make me make that assessment but me. And no one can compare me to me except for me. And I think that's, that's again, key, um, that these spiritual tools um, do. They, I mean, they help us. When we integrate them into our everyday life, in everything that we do, and that includes, you know, going to the corner store and how you interact with the people when you walk through the door. Are you going to hold the door for the guy who happens to be younger than you, but he's coming out the door and his arms are full? I mean, it's it's such a, a lot of it is really simple little stuff, but it can change how your day plays out when you're consciously aware of how your actions and interactions with others and your um, perception of people actually affects, you know, the the reality that you're perceiving because it it, it does. Um, so when you when you make it. I guess, about yourself. So it's not about that guy's mood because that doesn't matter. That guy's mood doesn't matter at all, whether he's in a good mood or a bad mood. It's about your mood and the peace that you're in and the place that you're in at the time. And that, you know, I think that's really key as well, that it is, it's about you. It's not, you can't fix other people. And and too often, I think there's there's this idea that I can help fix you and, you know, I can help fix you and I can help fix you. And it, it's like it it confuses me to see that. Have, I mean, I I still sometimes get it in my head. Oh, I, I, I can help with that. And then I, I kind of have to stay, take a step back and go, why don't I just, you know, do me and just be for a while. And, you know, yeah. maybe they'll come my way and say, hey, how is it that that always works out for you? And then I can. Um, exactly. Oh, we have a question. Mm-hmm. We have a question. Okay. We have a question. She-Wolf would like to know, what if you could be 25 again, but know what you know today? Would you want that if you could have it? That's an awesome question, She-Wolf. Thank you. Well, you know, I think that's an interesting question because when you say know what you know, I think a lot of what I know came from life experience. So I'm not sure I could be 25 and and be who I am today. So I, I wonder if the question more is, you know, is there like a physical component of a different period of your life that you would rather have now? Maybe is, is kind of the energy of the question. Um, you know, I I am who I am today as a product of all those experiences added together. Could I take who I am today and then regress my body and to be 25? You know, I'm probably healthier now than I was when I was 25. I probably weigh a little bit more, but other than that, I think now I'm I'm so much better in my body. I'm so much more in my body. I understand my body so much more. I'm healthier and I get who I am so much more that I, I just can't imagine 25 having uh, anything uh, better than this. It certainly didn't at the time. So I don't know if the answer is no as much as the answer is I just uh, I don't know what the, product, the, the benefit of being 25 and knowing what I know now is um, because, like I said, I think, I think I have a better relationship with who I am physically now as well. Yes, 
Belinda's saying yes, the physical yeah, of 25 with 25. today's wisdom. You know, because I've had actually extraordinary, miraculous things happen with my physical body. When I was 25, I was in pain 95% of the time, and now I'm not. So if it was, if it's just a, would you trade your physical body in for your 25-year-old physical body? Not in a heartbeat. Not in a heartbeat. No, no, I'm... I mean, and in fact, I, I weighed more. I weighed more when I was 25 than I do now. So I certainly, even from appearance, wouldn't want to wouldn't want to do that. And uh, but I, there were period when I was 19 or 20, I weighed less than I do now, and was perhaps, you know, more physically ideal per the average ideal. One, I don't want to be average. <laughs> don't want to have anything to do with average. I've seen average. <laughs> Don't want it, and um, but I feel better in my body now than I did then, yeah. and I still have the remnants of peripheral neuropathy. It's rapidly healing, and it's a thing uh, that doesn't often do that for people. But mine is going away. It's taking some time. It took a lot. Took some time for it to come on me. So you know. But even with all of that, I feel better in here, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to divide myself from my body because it's as surely as as, a, as much a part of me as my higher self is. But I feel better, and my body so, sort of works with me better. Yeah. I totally uh, get what you're saying. It's the same for me. I totally get what you're saying. It, it's like uh, it's hard to do the... It's me, and we have a team at the same time. But we we, we do have a team, and uh, uh, and it's really cool, <laughs> you know. And I certainly didn't have that then. And and um, uh, you know what comes to mind? It might be kind of like if you if you buy a pair of shoes and you break them in, and then you're like, would I want them to go back to being bright and shiny, brand new, or do I want them when they're comfortable? <laughs> right, and, and, and I guess there's no reason that you can't have both. But uh, uh, you know, I don't want to limit yeah. that you can't have both. But uh, because I think some of this generation that's coming on now is going to show us both. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, I'm really, I'm really in love with who I am today, and I'm very much a work in progress and very much incomplete. But I, I expect that to be a condition that lasts forever, <laughs> the incompleteness. We hope so. Um, so I really like who I am today, so I'm not sure I would trade a single moment that led up to here uh, because I wouldn't be me. So I... You know what I would trade? It's a rough question. I, I would trade the repetition of mm. moments that brought me to who I am today. Like, did you really need to have it happen 45 times to learn yeah. what you learned out of it. That's what I would trade. Surely you know, 39 a, times yeah, would have been enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was in a marriage that, that was not healthy for 10 years. And I do look back and think, why did I have to do 10 years? Like, couldn't I have sorted that out sooner? Now, I couldn't, obviously, or I would have. But that's the only place I have a little – that's the only where place where that kind of I wish it was a little different can come up. When you say, just exactly how many times do you have to beat your head against the wall before you realize you shouldn't beat your head against the wall? And if, and if 
12. How, how ridiculous does it have to get? Yeah, how ridiculous does it have to get? Pretty damn ridiculous. Pretty ridiculous. Take yeah, a look around the at the planet. That <laughs> that's usually the answer to that question is pretty damn ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. doesn't that offer us an opportunity? Because, Veronica, I'm with you on that. Um, I did seven years of huh. bashing my head against the wall repeatedly actually well that's just counting the seven years of marriage but i mean i mean we could go back to high school if we really want <laughs> but oh the head bashing oh the head bashing plentiful. is just just brutal um you know i had headache for years from the head bashing then um but i think it it offers us because we work in a public forum it offers us um a way to be able to come across you know, with really humanistic experiences and to be able to say, yeah, we, we get it. You know, we have been there and, um, you know, I, and in some areas still are it, there, it still are there. And it, I think it allows maybe us to connect a little easier with some people who are a little, you know, tenuous yeah. about the idea of of what we do and when you can come at them from a very well you know i mean 11 years ago i was married and going through the divorce and blah 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 and you know i've you know had to go through these difficulties and that difficulty and and when you can come at that from that kind of angle then they can go well you're really not that much different than me and i think that's what's so important is to get across to people that it's there's really no difference in me or you or Rick or Joe Blow on the street. I mean, because everybody can connect at any time when they open their. Yeah, you up don't to have it. to be in any particular life situation or lifestyle. And um, anyone that knows me knows that I am a tremendous fan of uh, Jerry and Esther and Abraham. They have done wonderful work and continue to do so. But. The, Jerry had, as he said in many of his interviews, Jerry had kind of financially made his way in the world before he ever started working with Abraham, before he ever met Abraham, before there was any of that going on. So, yes, the stories about their life leave some people with the sort of flavor of, yeah, see, they're living it, and their life's just perfect. You know, they got off the elevator, and there was the guy they were looking for, and I don't have enough money to pay my rent, and it's due in three days, uh, so I'm not doing well. And and so sometimes you can get that knee-jerk reaction of beating yourself up in the head and uh, about not being where you want to be. And uh, not that we need to, any of us light workers need to be broke and suffering just to make a point, but that I don't think there's anybody that does what we do that thinks their life is perfect in every area. I don't think uh, do this work if your life was perfect because you would be doing what people whose life is perfect do. And I haven't yeah. met one of those people yet. So, you know, <laughs> we're going to be doing... So but we, if you're, do, we do the I'm still growing work, and then when we're perfect, which seems kind of creepy, but maybe it'll happen, we'll do what I'm perfect people do. Yeah, yeah. wow, I didn't like and that if feeling. You're perfect, <laughs> if you I'm perfect people are listening, please write a book. We, you know... Yeah, oh, there's plenty of people who probably have done that, written that book, Rick. <laughs> well, and and many so. people that think that somebody else is that, but uh, uh, for all that my life is a, a, a very different now. I grew up in a a wealthy neighborhood in Houston. Uh, my father went from dirt poor 
child in Oklahoma to a very, very wealthy, very successful businessman. And um, and I would have to say that on the whole, those people were just about as miserable as any other group of people I've ever associated with. They weren't necessarily any more miserable, um, but there were just as many of them that were having marital problems and were, were not happy with this and not happy with that as I've met in any other walk of life. And I've been, since since growing up in that neighborhood, I've been penniless at times. So... It, it people get this when you look at somebody that's in a different position than you, you easily can imagine that everything's perfect over there. And um, you know, I know that there are things that Nestor says that I have yet to fully apply in my everyday <laughs> life. <laughs> Hence, the idea of everyday connection. I, you know, it that's the area that turns me on is because that's what I'm trying to do. You know, um, I. I, I have said before, channeling is one of the most selfish enterprises around because we really do it for our own growth and expansion. And and I, don't get me wrong, I love that it helps people. I love to help people. But really, when it gets down to it, I'd be doing it if I was alone in the corner. I'd be channeling to uh, the soccer ball if I was on the desert island, I think. Um or at least in my own mind, and trying to apply it, because that's where it's at for me. I've known since the beginning of this that it's all for me, and if it helps other people, great, but it's all for me first. And I think that attitude has helped me um, in a number of ways, but it really helps you not to start to feel cocky, like, I look at all this great information I have. It's like, oh, yeah, look at all this great information I have because it's good for me. I mean, I'm the first person who needs this information. I'm the first person who needs this information. Whatever comes through, I'm the first person that needs that. So it's all helpful to me first. So I'm right there with anybody who shows up that wants something. Now, maybe this does happen. The thing that was helpful to me five years ago is where the person is right now. So, you know, that was helpful, super helpful to me five years ago, and now it's like a refresher course, but it doesn't mean that it's not helpful to me first and, and powerful for me first. And then just the act of channeling, the act of writing books, the act of having a website, the act of doing a webcast, the act of being interviewed, of course, requires you to work with your own inner stuff, you know? I mean, when I sit down to write one of my books and I have to write out 21 of Elohim's tools, Every single one of those tools while I'm writing it, I'm living it nonstop, and it's bringing up all the places in my life that that tool applies. I can't get away from it. It's like being in a shower, and you're just underneath the, the nozzle. So it's a very, very deep personal journey to create this material, to offer it to the public, and then to interact with it once it's out there. And it and it changes as as we change. That's the other thing that's so fascinating for me as an author is going back over you know what I've learned even in two years. I mean, you've got nine years you've been doing this. I've only been doing it for two, and it's it's like going back and going, wow, you know, <laughs> to, to document to document the actual journey and the progression is is fascinating for me, and it's it's a good tool to help me grow. I I have um. I have a healing, a book on, on healing coming out that I wrote solely because I was lying on my back in a bed in intense pain because of a back injury. 
and mm-hmm. I could no longer work. So my cure for that was to pick up my pen. And I actually wrote in the book, you know, this book is all about me. This is for me. It has, um, you know, if it helps you by default, it's not my fault. <laughs> not my intention. I'm just trying to get out of the bed. But I just want to get out of the bed. And by the time I wrapped up that last chapter, I was out of the bed. Uh, congratulations. That's awesome. And, you know, I mean, my doctor was like, what, you can touch the floor? I just want you to be able to touch your knees. You can touch the floor. He was all shocked and, and amazed. But I, I guess that's because because of me allowing that connection to to work, you know, to work through me and with me and, and work with it and allow myself the time to heal myself as opposed to looking for all these external external tools, medications, um, treatments that, that I could have gotten had I been willing to wait the six months to get in the door. Um, but, you know, I really it, – it was one of my friends who just, you know, after Rick and, and a couple more of my friends had worked with me for a couple of weeks just to get me to the point where I could actually talk to people because I wasn't, you know, crying in pain anymore. Um, you know, one of them said, well, you need to know how to heal yourself. Why don't you just write it down? You know, you <laughs> you want to know how to get better. Pick up your pen. And so I did. And, and it, it totally, I think it was what, Rick, a month? About a month. That that we did in a month what they the doctor said the pain clinics would have taken five to six months to do. Mm-hmm. So and 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 it was selfish. It's going to be a selfish book. Still you touching just your knees, and you wound up touching the floor. So in a month we did more than they could do. Yeah, five or six months. Yeah, and it was all it was it was totally selfish. Um, and but I'm still publishing it <laughs> because you know I mean if it if it if it does help people, awesome. You know that would be great. Um, but the writing of it was, it was completely for me. It was the only way I could get out of the bed. Elohim's a big fan of selfish. They like selfish. They like people who take care of themselves first. They like people who make sure that, that they're, you know, what they need is cared for before they go out and be in service mentality because they say, you know, it's the, the famous tool of the candle and the wax. You know, you're a candle. You don't give away your wax. You give away the emanation of light off of your flame. And too many people here don't be selfish, so they give away their wax, and they end up draining themselves down to the point where they're no good to themselves or anybody else. Right, to the point where they can't walk. Yeah, exactly. You light your candle, everybody everybody can benefit from your emanation. But you have to be willing to be, quote, selfish by putting yourself first. We call it sometimes self-centering. Be self-centering rather than be, you know, mucking around in other people's business. And this brings up, you know, the idea that we were talking about earlier, which is focus on what's in your lap. Because a lot of times when people are out fixing other people, it's because there's the big pink elephant in the room sitting on their lap that they are not prepared to deal with. So instead of going, oh, my God, I should deal with this trigger around X, Y, Z, they go muck around in other people's lives to avoid having to deal with their own. Because it's easier. And they do it in the, under the yeah, and they do it under the guise of oh, I'm being of service. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Great. But you're draining. You're giving away wax. You're being of service. You're not attending to what's in your life. You're not being conscious. And look at you. Are you healthy? Probably not. You're probably and not healthy. <laughs> I know many light workers that 
you know, they're exhausted uh, all the time. Yeah. And they they do. They end up in pain and sometimes flat on their back because um I like to use and it's it's absolutely the candle wax is even a better way to look at it, but I like to use the famous airline speech. Oh yeah. Put the oxygen mask on yourself first or you can't help anybody. So, you know, well, if I put it on myself first and everybody else dies, how will I feel? I don't know. Let's find out. <laughs> because the option is just the option is just not tenable, you know. What if you don't put it on yourself and you die? How are you going to feel about that? You know, I mean, it 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 and it is uh extraordinarily gratifying, you know, when it does help other people. I I, I, it puts me on cloud nine, but um, you know it, 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 and that's almost reason enough to do it. But I, but uh, you know, everybody needs to let go of the. Uh, well, if I had this tool down, or this law of attraction down, or this whatever down, I wouldn't be like this. So I'm doing something wrong. That's just the same old song and dance with new words. And that's why uh, things, tools like the, well, here's the whiteboard of the fear-based operating system versus the consciousness-based operating system because it, the fear-based operating system can use spiritual terms. Your ego can can jump right in there with some, you know, spiritual terms to make you think, you know, yes, see, you obviously you idiot, you don't get the law of attraction, don't go out there, you'll get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Same old song and dance, new words. And um, uh, I've seen a lot of people uh, and talked to a lot of people that that's where they went when they first got a hold of some what I would call good information. They just took it and used it as another club to beat themselves up. So, Oh, yeah, I did it brilliantly. Yeah, Elohim only has one rule. They really respect free will, so they don't lay down a lot of, you know, rules. But they have one, and they're adamant about it. And it, the, the only rule they have is you do not get to be mean to yourself, period. If you wouldn't say it to an infant, you can't say it to yourself. So, you know, you wouldn't tell an infant they're fat or that they're a loser or that they suck or that, God, can't you figure it out? You'd never say anything like that. So if you can't say it to an infant, it can't be directed to yourself. And they are serious about that. They don't, there's no, they don't negotiate on that point at all. No wiggle room. There's no wiggle room on that one. It's their only rule. They only have one, and it's you can't be mean to yourself. They have tools to help us, and they have one rule. And it's fascinating to, 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 to see how frequently people are mean to themselves. And how much people, you know, when they think, you mean I don't have to be mean to myself? I don't have to, I don't have to criticize myself? It's like, well, would you criticize a baby? Would you criticize a three-year-old child of your, of your best friend and tell them that, you know, they're this, that, and the other thing in these negative ways? You know, of course, you discipline and you help them grow, but you don't tell them they suck. But people will tell themselves they suck left, right, and center. They don't mind. It's like, it's okay. Oh, all, yeah, day all, the time. <laughs> all day long. All day long. Mm-hmm. You know, and then there's all those old tapes from the childhood. So they've got, you know, mom, dad, teachers, whatever, running all those old tapes. So they've got all those old voices telling them they suck. And so that just makes it easier for them to believe they do. 
And Elohim just says, you know, you just do not get to be mean to yourself, period. That's the end of the story. Period. <laughs> Got no other rules. You you yeah. do whatever you want in every area of your life except, except you, you know. don't get to be mean to yourself. And I love and, it because they started it out with, you know, would you say that to the three-year-old child of your best friend? And then they evolved it to say, okay, now would you say it to a baby? And it's like, wow, if you imagine a baby and saying, you suck. I mean, it's just ridiculous. No one would do it. You fat, slobbering. Yeah. Why yeah. haven't you yeah. Yeah. Stop. 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 attraction? <laughs> <laughs> why do you look like, why are you, you know, didn't do dishes? <laughs> this is a visual like, I do not want in my head. Guys, come on. Okay, Somebody don't go there any farther. Okay. <laughs> but it is, it's a great rule because uh, I was still very guilty of it myself. And and I would say the biggest acceleration of change in my life was the application of you don't get to be mean to yourself, period. And I still have days, you know? Mm. Yes, but I used to have months. This is true. (laughs) This is true. We've progressed from months Compare yourself to yourself. Absolutely. You know, and... um, uh, uh, there's things that uh, things that used to throw me off kilter for quite some time that just have almost no effect now. That and, is so uh, satisfying when that happens. Yeah, it's, I mean that's that's like the, the you know the the gold medal or the gold star is when you go, oh wow, that used to drive me batty, and I just you know it wasn't even a speed bump. It's like I didn't even notice it. Yeah. Sometimes you'll notice in hindsight, be like. Oh my God! That, that person just cut me off on the freeway, and I didn't even care. Wow! I didn't even, I didn't even hardly cool. notice. I didn't even. <laughs> I said, "Wait a second! I think I just got cut off." You know, like you have to figure it out. Did I get cut off? I might have gotten cut off. When it's before in this example, you're like ready to kill the person, and then you, you know, as, as you progress, you're like, you can't. You don't. You're almost not even sure it happened. Right. Yeah, that's, that's the good stuff. It just vibrates right on out of there. It's it's easy to understand uh, why. Uh, and, and I know it's another one Elohim has talked about, but that that you, you triggers come, triggers come, triggers come. So okay, I've got that licked, I've got that figured out. Why would I trigger myself again? To, sometimes just so you can go, cool, that was no big deal. Oh yeah, just so you can and, you've made progress. And uh, so don't use don't use triggers or any of these tools as devices to be mean to yourself or to step backwards. Uh, because like anything else, it can go both ways. Uh, deal with, what is it, I'll, I'll be a little Elohimish. deal with what's in your lap, mm-hmm. stay right here right now, and answer it with the you from right here right now. Yeah. What, is, what is that one? Who, who, who answers the door? Answers make, the door? M- make sure it's the 2011 you that answers oh. the door. There's um, another one you probably don't know is the shovel or the ladder. Do you want a shovel or do you want a ladder? You're down in the hole of habit. Would you like a shovel so you can dig yourself in deeper, or do you want a ladder so you can get out? You we talk about that a lot, actually. Yeah, we do. And, and <laughs> We really do. And and it can seem a little bit, you know, that one can seem a little bit prickly because Elohim, Nestor, George, they won't come get in the hole with us and help us climb the ladder. No. They'll give us a ladder as long as we need. 
however deep we've dug, they've got a ladder that long, and they'll put it in there. But, they but they're not coming in. down to help. <laughs> well, I like to visualize that I'm down in the pit, and I'm looking up, and they're they're in the light. Mm-hmm. Just standing there going, here's a longer ladder, here's a longer ladder. And I'm this down, little... you know, maybe in the dark of the habit going, I don't, I'm not sure about that ladder, because this shovel's been my friend for a long time. <laughs> they're like, that's habit, so... How about we try something new? Oh, you can't have change without change? No, you can't have change without change. <laughs> I'm not sure I can climb a ladder, but I know I can dig with a shovel. I'm good at that. I've been practicing. And watch me beat myself up while I do it. <laughs> you know, smack myself in the head with the handle every time I come up. But That's right. That's but, right. Uh, so you could go. These two but I might great. fall off That's that ladder. You never know. Yeah. yeah. The tools are great because you can put them all together sometimes. I actually made a cartoon. Um, and I called it my love letter to Elohim, where I had two cartoon characters, and they talked to each other in tools. And it was pretty hilarious, but I don't know how many people actually got it, but I, you know, thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever done um, because I don't know how many I got in there, maybe 30 tools, where they were just having this conversation like we just did, back and forth with the tools. And so, anyway. Yeah. Things I do to amuse myself. <laughs> 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 it worked. <laughs> we 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 go fetch our twist ties out of the drawer and we make cartoons out of tools. <laughs> yeah, are you referring to one of Elohim's tools with the twist ties? Because you know that's, that's one of theirs. I am referring to the photograph. Okay, good. I was just thinking that would have just been way too coincidental. Yeah, the <laughs> idea that we have a you know we just have this junk drawer and we just keep throwing stuff in there. Well, one time Elohim challenged us to to pour the junk drawer out and to see what's in there. And I realized I had like 350 twist ties. And I'm like, wow, that's kind of habitual, huh? And I don't think I need 350, for God's sake. I just had to put them in the drawer without thinking about it, thinking, I need this. You do? Do you need 350 of them? It was embarrassing. I put a picture of it up on my blog. <laughs> and there's a, now, there's now a every time I put something in that drawer, I'm very conscious about it. Like, do I need this rubber band? Yeah, that's a big one. I'll, I'll probably use that. I mean, every single time I open that drawer now, it's an act of consciousness. So it works. Absolutely. And and I love the compare yourself to yourself that you can do when you say, you know, I used to have a lot of fear in my life about what people thought and what this and that and the other thing and scared of this. And, you know, now, oh, oh well, yeah, it was very embarrassing. So I put a picture of it up on my blog. <laughs> That's just, yeah, that's funny, huh? I hadn't thought of that. Thanks that, for giving me that. <laughs> from that previous point of view, that would have been unimaginable. It yeah. would have been the end of the world, you know, and had someone example. else posted it. That is a great example of what we talked about earlier when we said, you know, the person who's doing the channeling isn't, like, the perfect person. I mean, Elohim says, go get in your junk drawer and see what's in there. And I had 350 twist ties in there or whatever the number was. It was a lot. You can see the picture. So I wasn't like I had it, you know, the, no, I have it right. I'm right to run the channel. It's work. I'm the worst one in the group, probably. You know, I got the most in the drawer. So that's a perfect example. The twist tie example proves the point. It's all there for me first and for everybody else, too. Oh, goodness. Absolutely. Well, if anybody well it's been so fun. Yeah, if, they, uh, if anybody wants to know more, my website is Elohim.com. That's E-L-O-H-E-I-M.com. We have our live events. We have our books. We have 200 and something YouTube videos that you can watch. There's all kinds of information there. And I'd love it if folks uh, checked it out. 
We would too. Uh, I would strongly suggest it. There's just wonderful stuff there, and like like uh, she said, there's tons of YouTube videos and articles and 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 things um, that are available to you for free. And, Absolutely. Uh, and and you're but not don't overlook get... the meetings and the books and the things because you know you you overcharge. Your books are what four dollars, five dollars, nine dollars. Um, some are three and some are four. Some are three and some are four. That's. Obviously, somebody out to try to take all our money. Absolutely. She's robbing us blind. You, you guys, you're not going to get anybody more real than Veronica. <laughs> I'm just going to thank I'm you. I'm going to put that out there. I'm going to put that out there. Um, I've, I, I watch your stuff, girl. I, you know. I'm just not If you've ever had the feeling that channeling and this and that are a little bit woo-woo and telling me to be something I can't reach, I, I don't think you could ever feel that way yeah, with, Veronica with Veronica Ellen for a while. the council. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, um, well, and I'll just tell in closing a very funny story about that because I think it, it's a nice little capper. The first time I channeled, when I very first started channeling Elohim, they sounded something like this. Hello, we are pleased. And I was like, okay, that's enough. That's just too boring. I will not do it. I quit if that's how you're going to talk. You're going to have to, come on, 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 come on. Get it, get it with the plan. That's boring. I won't do it. Speed it up. Because, like, I'm not going to sit here all day waiting for you to say hi. It's just not going to happen. And they went, oh, okay. And so they sped up. <laughs> so we were real from the first day. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that's that's a reminder to people. And it didn't come out when we talked on the channel's channel, and I wish it had, actually. You're the one gets, that gets to say how it's going to be because you got the body. And that's true about your whole life. That's Thank exactly. You. It 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 doesn't got to be like anybody else. We absolutely right. I, you know, I could round up five people right now that started channeling by spelling with their nose, and now they channel the energy that is Abraham. And and bless their hearts, they bring through fantastic stuff. But it doesn't have to be that way, mm-mm, you know. Mm-mm. And it can start one way, and you can go look. Uh, don't like it. Uh, <laughs> Yep, and that's oh. being that's part of being conscious. That's part of making the choice out of your life. So good for you. Yeah, Go and you know it. we're a team. It's it. The other thing that's probably good to squeeze in right here at the end is the idea that your soul is not something better than you. It has a lot of information you don't have, but your soul doesn't know anything about being in the body, running the body, how to live on human as a human on earth. That's the expertise you bring to the equation. So your soul brings what your soul has. You bring what you came here on this planet to learn. And then together you create a third thing that's just fabulous, which is the blending. That's still you with all this information from your soul. And that's how you can live. And that's what we're doing. That's homo spiritus. That's ascension. Living beingness. With the expertise you have and the expertise your soul has combined. It's not like you just wait to be taken over by your soul or you say, oh, I'm just a sucky little human, so I'm no good. See the first rule. It's, I'm amazing. I know how to drive. I can email. I know how to cook. I have a cat. You want to come <laughs> hang out with me? I'm awesome. That's what we're doing. That's that's the big thing that I just think is so juicy. Yeah, that's, that's the thing we're doing. That's what we're looking for is that everyday connection. There you go. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I loved it. I just loved it. Thank you, Veronica. You were an absolute joy for me to have on because I've been watching your stuff and I'm waiting to talk to you. 
girl. <laughs> oh, well, take good care, both of you and everyone listening, and I hope we get to see you maybe sometime on a live event. It would be great, and I'm you know, sure that down the road we'll have you back next week uh, at the same bat time, same bat channel, because we're all little batty. Uh, we'll we be having the mother of all shenanigans. The mother of all shenanigans. Oh, yeah. Mama Webb. Mama Webb is coming to visit. It's going to be a fun time, uh, just like we had tonight. So thanks, everybody, in the chat room. Thanks, everybody, that's uh, listening to this on your iPod. Uh, join us next week. We're going to have a great time and uh, keep working on that everyday connection. Love you all. Stay connected. Bye. Bye. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.